Welcome to Eve's Apple, the podcast. My name is Kanyiso Boy, and this is the very first episode. On this episode, I'm going to be answering some of your weird and wonderful questions. But before I do, the rationale behind the podcast. Why? Why did I decide that I want to start a podcast? My work has been in the youth um, and community development space, as well as sexual and reproductive health. And I realized that how people are able to experience being alive and experience access to services was colored by their gender, their race, um, and also the way that they're able to ask for the services that they need. And also just being alive, you know, um, the lens, what you look like, what you sound like, the words that you use, and politics all around seems to color our lives quite a lot. So I thought, as a woman, I come through a lot of stumbling blocks. I get a lot of backlash for my feminism. And I well, you know what? Let me rather use my voice to start conversations, no matter how complex, to deal with some of the issues that we struggle with. So if I make you uncomfortable or your responses make me uncomfortable, it's an opportunity for us to learn from each other. And discomfort definitely can move us to a point of change. I'm willing for you to change my mind. And I hope that you are willing for these conversations to change your mind about particular things. All right, let's get the show on the road. (laughs) So let me go with the first few questions because it's quite a lot and they're very random. But I think what I'll try and do is make sure that I show you how everything is connected. So the first one that I got is what what would you wish your younger self knew or what do you wish to tell you your younger self today i wish to tell my younger self that even though we have control over our lives there's also other factors and the amount of preparation and planning that you do is important but it's not the only thing um the other factors that will cause things to be difficult or cause things to be easier for you and so as much as possible be ready for either opportunity or struggle just be ready and then the other one the next one was what is the most frustrating thing about being a young south african in this country not so young definitely i'm not so young but what i found intensely frustrating was um not being heard and i think it's world over where young people feel like they are not valued and they're not being heard and that their thinking is generally just pointed as it's just like um young people rebelling and i think right now during this pandemic young people's voices young people's thinking young people's innovation is becoming increasingly important on the basis that their lived experience is very very current their reference is generally now and their solutions are probably much better tailored to be able to deal not only with the pandemic but with some of the big issues that we are facing not only as a country but as a continent and then the next question is where do you see yourself in five to ten years time look my biggest ambition is to travel Africa speaking to indigenous people and I hate the world indigenous but like for the purposes of this conversation I'll say indigenous people 
to find out their own sexual and reproductive health interventions. I think we've kind of discarded those as things that cannot function right now. Um, but I don't understand why that is, uh, particularly because they have been the go-to and people still go to um, traditional healers to be able to find health and integrating this with um, more Western, more Eastern um, ways of doing things is becoming a state of emergency. We can't pretend that um, natural herbs are not the th way to go. We just need to figure out which are the compounds and integrate them. And so my five to five to ten year plan for my career is doing that work. And I think um, the shorter term is to make sure that um, I keep learning and I never discount anything that comes my way by way of learning. So I'm like I said, we'll be learning from each other and that's important to me. And then the next one is my dream destination for a holiday. So I've got a romance that's attached to Ethiopia, that's attached to Zimbabwe. And I wish to travel these countries extensively like the actual country like the entire country um extensively and i also really love tanzania so dream i don't know if it's dream but like there's a there's a naval connection that i feel to these countries that i'm not able to explain um and then the the uncomfortable question is what has been the toughest thing about raising boy children as a ch single parent um the judgment definitely has been one of the most complex things you guys people are insatiably judgy like um the assumption that single motherhood is a choice that i i made and it's it's attached to my inability to keep a man we'll have that conversation but deeper is um being intentional teaching my boys um how the the world views them they're still too young to be able to understand everything but there's certain ways um of parenting that definitely differs uh, because even though black men are seen as sailors and they are they are also very vulnerable because they're not trusted and I'm not here to say they should be, but um, it's now teaching my boys how to stand in a world that already views them like that even before they open their mouth. And also how to be good people. A good person doesn't necessarily mean you're a good man. It's just you're a good person on the whole. Um, I'm not treating them to be better men. I want them to be good whole people. Understand when this person is saying no that they mean it doesn't matter if you think that they're joking understand that women are not things um i'm your mother i'm a woman and you know that i'm not a thing so you give everybody respect regardless of what you may think of them um and honor your own feelings honor your own thoughts um without disrespecting other people's it's very complex um 
lessons to teach, particularly a five-year-old and a 12-year-old, but it's integrated in the way that we live our lives. And just to say that the older one stays with his dad, and so that on its own kind of gives a picture of I'm not necessarily attached to who the primary caregiver is, what I'm attached to is how whole a human being can be. Um, and so that for me is the viewpoint, not even necessarily about being a single parent, just being a parent, my job is to create an environment for my children to thrive. And that even when they're in the world, they've got the tools to be able to get on with it. Right. And then, wow, <laughs> this question, um, your thoughts on vulnerability. <sighs> we we struggle with shame we struggle with guilt we struggle with love we basically most of the emotional spectrum we struggle with and so vulnerability is tough i think as i'm growing older i'm learning the importance of it and i think definitely people around me my children are very big teachers of vulnerability and being able to open to be open to love to be open to to being to misgivings being open to mistakes because generally we beat ourselves up for that and allowing people to hold you um when you're not feeling strong because <laughs> like any black woman i fell for all the time for the trap of <laughs> being a strong black woman yeah that thing is so yeah vulnerability for me my thoughts is that it comes with a lot of guilt and it comes with a lot of shame but it's one of the most important things to being a human being and a lot of us um struggle with that because we don't feel like people would be able to hold us if we were vulnerable so yeah it's it's i think it's definitely a conversation worth having in a world that teaches you to be individual and to be able to stand on your own and how then do you transition from that ownness to collective vulnerability or being vulnerable to a person (laughs) yeah we're here now and then we move on to something else strangely which i think even though it's a faraway concept it also pulls in the initial questions and that's polygamy so this person didn't have a question so much as they're talking about whether polygamy as a system is totally regressive towards the emancipation of women um he's he he was saying that he knows it's unhealthy uh, because of its implications when it comes to patriarchy which are concepts i definitely think we need to unpack so maybe i'll start with polygamy polygamy is when a man male person decides that they would be having more than one partner um, more than one life partner um so i mean my thoughts on polygamy is that it could never be empowering to women because of patriarchy right um on the basis that even though women can choose choose to be in the in a polygamous marriage relationship they it's generally because of 
how men can be. Um, or if you think about, maybe let me give a brief history. Like a long time ago in Africa, I don't know in other parts of the world, um, someone would marry and then the wife would say, look, I need help around the house. I think Mazbanbani over there could be a great addition to this household. Um, and so then she would then choose the wives and it would be her wives in the system. A shortcut to now where men use polygamy as a vehicle for them to basically be able to have more women. And it's not the woman who was primarily married to them who makes the choice. They are generally not told that they, this is a polygamous marriage. They simply walk into a situation where the man gets a, an additional girlfriend and then he, she, pulls, she gets pulled into and gets married and it's a polygamous situation. So for me, I think the conversation we need to be having is why do we talk about polygamy and not polyamory, right? So polyamorous relationship is where each of us in this situation are welcome to have an additional partner. Um, this is an open conversation everybody understands their piece in this conversation because i think the the language around polygamy on its own is tainted it's difficult to have a conversation without pinning it just on men even though to some extent women have a choice you could walk away but that's a very oversimplified conclusion so I'm giving you an answer, but I'm not. My thoughts on polygamy are marred with a longer conversation of how did we get to a point where we are having a conversation or we are discussing polygamy as a couple. Did we do it before? Did we do it after? Did it come from me? Did it come from you? What is the thing? Um, and so I just, yeah, we can, I think we, I need to pull this one in and we can have a full on podcast on polygamy and where it rests in the, in the, in patriarchy as a whole um but as it stands my thinking is that polygamy is for men it's not for women and generally the woman is not consulted she's just there there's no decision that she makes she's present she must just swallow period speaking about swallowing the next question um the next question is wow I hope you're ready. The next question is about anal sex and how to avoid douching altogether in order to have safe, clean sex. Lots, lots of um, discomfort about anal sex. And it's all generally around um, how we view sexual pleasure and sexual contact and also how we view homosexuality. We, I think we, we definitely need education around sexual play because we struggle too much there's no need for this struggle anyway let me delve deep in let me delve into this conversation Delve. i hope you you don't get your backs up <laughs> anyway so um anal hygiene anal hygiene douching um people use douching to sort of flush out everything but as your question suggests it's not sustainable so um in my 
in my experience, the better the diet, the better um, you, the, the, the less the need for you to douche, far less. So you need to make sure that your diet um, makes it easy for your body to be able to flush out everything simply, right? Um, and I mean, we can go <laughs> and have a look at what good poop is like when you take a dump and you're like yeah that's a good poop then um nice solid easy flushes out of your system quite easily um that's good because then there's no residue and that comes primarily from good solid diet right good fiber good combinations of food that make your system function better and so you've got nice solid poop right um because if then you've got solid poop then you don't have to worry about douching another way of making sure that you don't have to douche is that when you're taking a shower make sure that you look use your finger in there just to make sure that there's no there's no residue of poop because you want to keep it as you want to keep keep your your anus as clean as possible um yeah, I mean, I think that's the best I can I can give you right now. Um, and I'd also encourage you to just look at Dr. Tlaleng Mufuging's guide to sexual uh, sexual and sexual health and pleasure because she does cover um, anal hygiene on that on that book. Because I mean, I guess my final word my final word on this is the better the diet, the less the need to douche because douching is not sustainable. Um, it makes, it makes your, your anal cavity is susceptible to other bacterial infections. So the best way is to make sure that you keep the ecosystem of the bacteria as is, and that's making sure that you eat a, a, um, a proper diet. What is a proper diet? good several colors several colors is a proper diet enough protein enough carbohydrates enough fiber fiber for you to have good solid poop talking about poop for me is not an issue because having kids taught me how <laughs> poop can be the most exciting thing in the history of exciting things so i'm not even going to to worry myself so yeah good diet good diet nice solid poop even when you come it's coming out of your of your bum you can feel that this is like a proper one i hope that helps if it doesn't pick up Lalin's guide to sexual health and pleasure she'll be, she goes into it quite extensively um and then the next thing that you guys asked me was um around so south africa received over five billion in foreign aid and um the question then is about was it a good idea for us to ask for aid um i mean we need it and it would seem that we didn't have it even though there was initial initial funds that were donated by different corporates um as a country our health system is not ready to receive a bunch of sick people um from the issue of coronavirus um and so if the money can be used not only to help people stay sort of sustain themselves during this time then the money can also be used to 
open up spaces, recreate those spaces so that if there is a big surge in infections, there's space for people to be given health care. The implications of that um, can be deep. Uh, we understand the politics of the West when it comes to Africa. So um, I definitely feel there's a further conversation to be had about aid in Africa, um, particularly at this time. Um, so yeah, it's a complex one. It's political. Um, and I think right now we want people to stay alive. The, the economy is already struggling. Um, people are struggling even more. So we need to make sure that people get the health care that they need. And the grants that come from these monies are definitely necessary. Um, we live in a country that um, almost 50% earns less than 1,500 rands. There's no getting around the need for aid. Okay. Um, shucks, I think I didn't bundle my questions well enough. But let's see. Um, yikes. So, quick step back to the sexual convo. The same person asked me, why is it so difficult to use a condom at 2 a.m.? <laughs> oh. So we live in an era of COVID-19. People are already struggling with masks. Um, even though these could be life-saving tools, just like condoms. And my first response to this is that using condoms and using masks is not the most natural thing for human beings in general. Of course, I'm being controversial, but facts. So you are awake enough and your brain was alert enough at 8 p.m. when you initiated your first sexuals. Now it's 2 a.m. and you're like, oh man, if I could just back up a little bit or I could slide in a little bit. Um, and your brain now is deciding, do I just reach back for that condom or do I just carry on with the thought that I've got right now? So the complexity is behavioral, right? Um, the need to think about safety first constantly um, and being on alert, even in early hours of the morning when your brain is a little bit hazy is what we're talking about here for the most part. And it's the same reason why we need to have safety first kind of thinking when it comes to masks for COVID-19. We can't think, ah, oh, man, I'm going to just wear it when I'm in a corner and then when I'm wherever, then I won't. It's about what if I am not well? What if I've caught it already? You know, you almost have to think about infecting infections as if you are the carrier of the infection you do what i want to infect anyone else and if then your answer is no then you know that you need to exercise safety first um and so you wear the mask you wear the condom at every given time because your your thinking is what if i'm already infecting and i'm infected and i'm spreading the infection the complexity is definitely a human one i'm not even going to stand here and act like ah no me i've got it made i don't it's just thinking about what if I've, i'm infected already what if something is wrong with me and now i'm infecting the next person 
and from that point from viewpoint you do better right so that is my question for your 2 a.m rounds question uh, that's my response for your 2 a.m rounds question just if you at all times think of yourself as the infected person and that you don't want to spread infection whether it's hiv whether it's an sti whether it's covid19 if you behave as if you're infected and proceed to make sure that you protect everyone around you it makes things that much better for you i don't know you know i think i've covered uh, the variety we talked about economics it talks about sexuals we talked about parenting um yes so i think that what that's done for me is kind of bring you to where i am in terms of thinking about politics about gender about race around language because i mean i'm closer i'm closer speaking and there's certain things in this closer that make me uncomfortable to say i'm trying to think how do i say anal sex yes close that's we will explore that because i think language is definitely an important aspect in everything because when you say oh let's have a conversation depending on the language used and i'm not even saying english in its closer but the words that we use it can escalate for the better or for the worse um gender the gender lens is consistently um at play you know we we can't we can't overlook the vulnerabilities of key populations and women we really can't um we cannot act like um the world is not gendered uh, we cannot ignore the fact that people that are vulnerable are vulnerable primarily because of their gender and class you know what you have access to um the money um the generational wealth the geographical location and how much it stays to it, it it means for you to be able to access better things is also influenced by class um and also the politics of the land the politics of the world um generally will um impact how and your identity how you live the way that you speak and your position in the world and pulling in those different conversations on being a single mother who's a black woman and being a single mother who's a black woman who barely has formal education um working in a structured career um and being able to access further education is very much linked to class as well as my race um and very much to the gender so i'm making these links so that the further come the conversations beyond now a podcast beyond now can actually touch on some of the subjects that came up man polygamy you know polygamy is very much um made to seem like a black man thing but we know that in america there's been cultures of cults that practice it um in south africa it's legal so i guess that's okay but in other places in the world it's not um and we are not having conversations about different types of of relationships so polygamy polyamory whatever you know what are the varieties of of relationships that can exist um outside of monogamy which is what we've learned
And so the linkage, and who can be polyamorous? Who can be monogamous? Is it a choice thing? Um, is it is it gendered? Is polygamy class classed? Is it a class issue? What is the thing? So I hope that our further conversations through the initiation of my podcast help us be able to process a lot of things better. I really want to talk about parenting. Um, I'm a recovering child spanker. Wow. So where are we in terms of making sure that our children learn without us being violent towards them? So these are like such... I've got, I'm so excited to initiate different conversations through this podcast. I'll be pulling in different people as guests so that we can have whole conversation. I'll try and make sure that the angles are covered. That said, this is Kanyesa Boy on Eve's Apple, the podcast. The song I was writing this entire time is Reverb 360 and Otterell. It's called Linga Shoni Langa. Check them out on SoundCloud. I'll try and promo as much music as possible because right now artists need us to stream their music. Signing out, Kanye Boy for Is Apple.